Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. Happy 4th of July. This episode is jam-packed. It is the beginning of the new month, so we have Team of the Month, Player of the Month, Power Rankings, and some great storylines for you. The Braves are breathing down the neck of the New York Mets. The Dodgers are rolling, and Phase 1 of the All-Star voting has come to an end. I'll update all of that as well, but let's get to it. Let's get this started. Let's go! He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? It is Monday. We got a lot to catch you up on around the league. It is also, it is 4th of July, so I'm wearing my, my red, white, and blue baseball shirt. And uh, yeah, let's have a lot of fun here. Producer Conrad is out here to join me. Let's get started, my friend. How was your weekend? My weekend's been great. There is no better weekend than July 4th weekend, I feel like. Everything is having fun under the sun. And uh, yeah, it's getting that much closer to the All-Star game, which yes, it is. is in LA here in a couple weeks. Let's yes, it is, right there. down the street. It's only going to take me two hours to get there. <laughs> But let's, so where do we want to, we, we, we'll start right there with the all-star game voting. I thought, I thought he was about to go off on a little tangent about the all-star game, but nope, nope. So we'll start with that all-star game voting because phase one has come to an end. Now, just a little bit of an update. There are multiple phases of this voting phase one fans vote. And for fan, phase two, the top two vote getters move on and you vote from there. Now, Little update here from each league. The top voter is automatically in and does not have to participate in phase two. From the National League, that is Ronald Acuna Jr., who, by the way, didn't even play the first month of the year and has just torn it up since coming back off of the IL. So Ronald Acuna Jr. is the National League All-Star guaranteed. On the American League side, outfielder, New York Yankees, not a shock here whatsoever. Aaron Judge is officially in, so Acuna and Judge are in. Now, what I want to do is talk about the finalists from each league, every position, just to give you a little update on where we stand, how this looks, and, and what to do going forward here for your voting purposes. Let's start with the National League. Okay, National League, first baseman. We have Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonzo as finalists. Goldschmidt and Alonzo. Not a shock there. Possibly thought Freddie Freeman could have been in this, but he's really turned it on of late, not necessarily uh, at the beginning of the year. So Goldschmidt, Alonzo, first base. Second base, Ozzie Albies and Jazz Chisholm Jr. This is kind of a shock because Ozzie hasn't, is, is out for the, the remainder. Well, not the remainder of the year, but Ozzie's going to be out for a while. So Ozzie Albies there, Jazz Chisholm is the other finalist. Now what that means, since Ozzie Albies is out for the year, or for a while and won't be able to play in the All-Star game, is that Jazz Chisholm Jr. will be the starting second baseman for the National League. Just an FYI there. Third base, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado. Shortstop, Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson are the two finalists. Catcher, Wilson Contreras, Travis Darno. The outfielders, there are four, four of them. Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, Starling Marte, Adam Duvall. And as the designated hitters, we have Bryce Harper and William Contreras, which means William Contreras will be the starter since Bryce Harper is out with that broken hand. So a lot of Braves there, a lot of Braves. Let's move on to the American League side where Aaron Judge is for sure in at first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Ty France, friend of the show, Seattle Mariner, producer Conrad's pumped about that. I would imagine second base, Jose Altuve, Santiago Espinal. Look, stop here for a second. Look, this is a miss. We, we missed here on 
or at shortstop for sure. Sorry, let's get to shortstop. Bo Bichette, Tim Anderson. This is where we missed. Xander Bogarts leading all shortstop in war. How is he not a finalist? We messed up the voting there. We messed up big time. Come on. Xander Bogarts needs to be involved there. Tim Anderson, Bo Bichette are the finalists at shortstop. Third base. What a group we got here. This is going to be a tough vote. I think this one's going to come down to the wire. Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers. Whoo. Catcher, we got Alejandro Kirk and Jose Trevino. Outfield, Mike Trout, George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and designated hitters, the two to vote for in phase two, Jordan Alvarez and Shohei Otani. That's pretty impressive. Those are the those are the voting. Those are the guys that are the finalists heading into phase two here, but wanted to update as phase one has come to an end. Do you think that the MLB fans got it right with Judge and Acuna both being the unanimous picks from each side? I, I do think fans got that right. Because um, when you look at, yes, there's players playing better. Like Paul Goldschmidt, I think, is the favorite to win NL MVP at this point. Um, but Ronald Acuna Jr., what he's done coming back, and he's so exciting. We've talked about it a lot this year, what he's done for the game of baseball since he's been back, the celebrations, the LeBron, the Trey Young celebration. I mean, you just can't beat that stuff for the game of baseball. So I love that he's going to be for sure in. Aaron Judge is a for sure in. Uh, A couple of misses, in my opinion, Xander Bogarts, Tommy Edmond on the National League side. Tommy Edmond leads all... um, all second baseman in war, but also he's top 10 in the game of baseball. He's top 10 in all of baseball in war. And we didn't even vote him in as a finalist for that. That That is frustrating to me. Tommy Edmond deserves to be an all-star. He will be an all-star. He just won't start, which is frustrating. Do you think MLB needs to institute something to get more younger guys in the game too? I know there's so many young prospects that are coming up that are really good, but maybe it's something like you have one or two rookies that make an all-star game every single year, regardless just the top two rookies. You know, it, it's tough because at the end of the day, especially now, this is an exhibition. It doesn't it doesn't count anymore like it used to. Thank God, that was ridiculous. Um, so this is an exhibition, and it's all about who people want to see on the field. Uh, and and this year, all of Toronto, all of Canada wants to see the Blue Jays on the field. That's pretty apparent. But look, I have no problems with it. I do think maybe we could shift how the voting is done. We just did with this phases thing. Um, which I think can help to some degree. We'll see. This is the second or third year of them doing this. Um, But I I think it's fine. It's an exhibition. It's who do you want to see on the field? And if you want to see people bad enough, you'll vote for them. The only problems I have with fan voting is what we saw in 2016 with the Kansas City Royals. The all-star team was literally the Kansas City Royals. It was wild. And now this year, there's a lot of a lot of Blue Jays. Alejandro Kirk obviously deserves to be there. I think he should be the starter. But the fact that uh, Espinal is a finalist over, um, well, that's his second base. So second base looks fine. I keep can, I keep thinking he's a shortstop. But Xander Bogart should be there over Bo Bichette. I think that's easy to say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fine with it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird things. I think that every league kind of has its own issues with all-star games or pro bowls or whatever you want to call it. And I think they're always trying to find new ways to make it fun. And just saying, Adding a couple rookies might make it a little bit more fun, especially for the smaller market teams. The Not- M- Major League Baseball has found a way to make the All-Star game more fun than any other. Like, it's by far the best one. I mean, the Pro Bowl's out of the equation here. The Pro Bowl's just awful. Uh, I think it's better than the NBA All-Star game, and just because... Guys, there, there's no defense, and I'm not like a big proponent of we need defense, but like, come on. Like, I, we know what's going to happen every time down the court. I think the MLB All Star game is the best, and they continue to find ways to improve it, and that's what it's all about. But I would love to see younger guys, like, I would love to see Julio Rodriguez be an All Star. I think that would be fantastic. I would love to see Jeremy Pena be an All Star. I would love to see um, other guys on the National League side, Michael Harris be an All Star, Spencer Strider. I know they don't have the the amount of games, but these guys are electric and they've come up and made a difference. And I would love to see them be a part of the all-star game. A lot of people don't vote for them just because they don't know the name yet. The all-star game is a perfect place to let them know their name. Exactly. I guess that's, that's where my point's coming from. And you know, I always think back to the 2019 all-star game when Shane Bieber struck out the side in Cleveland and that place was just going absolutely wild. I love that they do try to make it where one player from each team gets to make the all-star game. Cause you get experiences like that where the Indians weren't great that year, but 
They still had Shane Bieber, made a lot of excitement. Yeah. It was it was really great for the city of Cleveland. But let's move on to the Dodgers and where the All-Star game is at this year. It's in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. First time in like, what, 30, 40 years, basically, like 42 yeah. years, I think. But let's talk about the Dodgers and how they have just been the best team in baseball without a lot of their best players. So the Dodgers are rolling these days. And and what's what's really impressive to me here is they've done it throughout all of these injuries they've had to deal with. Mookie Betts has been out for a while. Clayton Kershaw has missed most of the year. Daniel Hudson now out for the year with his ACL. Blake Trinan missed a lot. Dustin May hasn't pitched yet this year. I mean, it is remarkable what the Dodgers have been able to do this year. Walker Bueller is, is going to miss a substantial amount of time. It, it is truly impressive what the Dodgers have done. And we can look at the NL West and talk about, man, the Padres are really good. The Giants could possibly compete. No. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. This division is, this division runs through the Los Angeles Dodgers. It is truly incredible what they have done. And another thing that I look at this year is, I think if they could take back the trade to this point that they made before the year started, giving A.J. Pollock to the White Sox and getting Keg, Craig Kimbrell back in return. Craig Kimbrell back. Kind of a tongue twister there. I think they would do it. I think they would take that trade back, keep A.J. Pollock, and not have Craig Kimbrell. One being outfield depth. They've just totally lost their depth in the outfield, especially we saw when Mookie went down. But Cody Bellinger isn't the Cody Bellinger of old, and we can't rely on that. He's going to hit 200 215, and he's going to run into a baseball every once in a while and hit it out, and that's just who he is now. He's not going to be that guy that's hitting 330 with 40 homers. He's not. So you needed a guy like A.J. Pollock, and now he's gone, and it really shows itself when Mookie goes out or if another outfielder goes down. You need that depth. But what did you get in return? Craig Kimbrell, who, look, I don't know any other way to say it other than when he comes in in the ninth inning, he's not one of those guys anymore. He's one of the greatest closers that our generation has seen, but if not the greatest of our, our generation. When he was with the Braves, he was locked down, but he's not that guy anymore. So he doesn't come in in the ninth inning and you think, man, this game is over. What the Dodgers have been able to do without their guys, without a lot of stars, without the firepower in the lineup that they're used to, Max Muncy's hitting 160, Cody Bellinger hitting around 200, Justin Turner has certainly regressed. It looks like Age is starting to catch up with him a little bit there. What they have been able to do without those guys is remarkable. Freddie Freeman, throughout all of the drama that he has been dealing with, 307, 10 homers, 49 RBIs already, seven stolen bases, a 391 on base percentage, ranks fourth in Major League Baseball in hits, fifth in doubles. First in doubles, might I add. Matt could, Olson. Could you imagine how good Freddie Freeman would be playing this year if he was actually all the way bought in? <laughs> I mean, okay. I hear what you're saying. That's great. I will not pretend like Freddie Freeman is not bought in, but there's certainly like, there's certainly something going on there. There's certainly a lot of emotions involved and that doesn't allow you to play to your best of the best of your ability always. But Freddie Freeman picked up the slack. Trey Turner batting 306, 11 homers. Will Smith, 260, 13 homers. He leads all catchers in RBIs this season. Tied for first amongst all catchers in, in home runs with 13. Tied uh, Wilson Contreras there. So Gavin Lux has, has picked it up as well. So yes, you have all these names out. I'll say it again because this is remarkable. Mookie Betts missed a lot of time. He comes back this week. Daniel Hudson. Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Blake Trinan, Dustin May. It's crazy. But they've been able to find a way to be great. Still, Gavin Lux has a 326 batting average over his last 40 games. 326. And we haven't even mentioned the pitching. This is the biggest thing for them because you, you lose a guy like Clayton Kershaw for a lot of the year so far. Walker Bueller is going to be out most of the year. I mean, I'm hopeful he can come back for into the podcast last year, but whenever you hear a guy comes out with an arm injury and you just hear it's going to be a while, that's not great news. So he's out for a while. Let's talk about who has stepped up because this is special. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tony Gonsolin has been remarkable. Tony Gonsolin has been the best pitcher in baseball. He's 10-0, and 0, a 1.54 ERA, and a 0.82 whip. Leads all starting pitchers in ERA. He's one of two pitchers with just Justin Verlander, heard of him, with 10 wins this season. And get this, this is remarkable. He has not allowed more than two earned runs in any of his starts this year. Hasn't allowed more than two earned runs. Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers is now 10-0 this year. He has allowed just 44 hits. He's the first MLB pitcher to begin a season 10-0 with fewer than 50 hits allowed while pitching primarily as a starter since Walter Johnson did it in 1913. Tony Gonsolin, since Walter Johnson. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I I don't care if I'm spoiling it. I'm talking about him doing something since Walter Johnson. So I'm just going to tell it right now. Wednesday, I was about to say Wednesday, Walter Johnson joins me. Walter Johnson is not joining me Wednesday, but Tony Gonsolin is. That's going to be on Wednesday, talking to the best pitcher in baseball so far this year and a massive reason why the Dodgers are where they are. And it's been other guys that have stepped up on the pitching side. Uh, Tyler Anderson, 9-1 and one with a 3.09 ERA, 1.06 whip, has already set a single-season career high in wins. Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin have been fantastic in that rotation. When they really needed it, they needed guys to step up. But I just wanted to talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers because, one, they're the best team. I, I, they're the best team in the National League. Yes, the Mets for a while have been playing like it, but the Dodgers are the best team in the National League, and they can do it when guys go down and get hurt, when the biggest stars in the game get hurt. That's depth, my friends. That is a story on depth, and the Los Angeles Dodgers have it. They certainly do. I mean, just look the names that you mentioned, Mookie Betts, Kershaw, Walker Bueller. I mean, even Dustin May. Dustin May was almost like a kind of a super prospect coming up a couple years ago. If all these guys were off a roster on any other team in Major League Baseball, they might crumble. I mean, those are four or five legitimate starters, everyday guys you need in the lineup. Yeah. But the Dodgers have found a way to keep it going. And you've always mentioned it, that they have the best, the best team on paper, right? Yep. Well, that best team on paper is still producing on the field consistently. Yeah, it's it's truly remarkable. And you make a good point. When those guys go down, I mean, you hear Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts goes out for a few weeks. A team probably really struggles in that time. And with all of these guys, Daniel Hudson was the bright spot in that bullpen for the Dodgers this year. And he goes down for the year. And they're still just playing great baseball. They have a massive series. They were at, they were tied atop the division in the NL West with the Padres, and everybody's talking about the Padres. Rightfully so. It has been remarkable what they have done this year without Fernando Tatis all year and without Manny Machado for the last week or couple of weeks. But then they go into L.A., play the Dodgers, and this series is massively talked about, rightfully so. And the Dodgers just give it to them, man. I mean... The first three games of the series were dominant. They, they win the series over the Padres easily. I mean, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League, and, and we're seeing that, and we saw it on full display with another team that was one of the best teams in the National League. We saw them go into L.A. and just show, and you're not on the same playing field just yet. I mean, shout out to our uh, our TV partners here at Fox who had one of the best graphics ever last night in the game, the Hoosier Padre, when it showed the last two Hoosier seasons, Padre. the last two seasons between the Dodgers and the Padres, and it was like 15 and two record the uh, the Dodgers had over the Padres. But let's move on to another race that's actually really been heating up over the last month, and that is the NL East. Oh man, the NL East is getting hot and heavy. Now let's let's put this in a general framework, if you will. To start the year, I picked the Atlanta Braves to win the division. I picked the New York Mets to make the playoffs. 
at a certain point in the year, you just think, okay, like, are the Braves even going to be able to come back? Are the Braves even going to be able to win this division? Well, at the end of May, the Braves were 10 and a half games out of first place. 10 and a half. Here we are on the 4th of July, and the Braves are two and a half games out of first place. Now, is that because the Mets are metting? I've sat here and said many times, the Mets aren't going to met this year. And they're not. And they haven't. The Braves have just been that good. They start the month on a 14-game winning streak, which is tough to do better than that. 14-game winning streak to start the month. Um, they're 21 and six. They went 21 and six in the month of June, matching their most wins in a month since they moved to Atlanta in 1966. 21 wins in the month. So, why is this all happening? Well, Ronald Acuna didn't start the year, might I add. This was a big reason why I said at the beginning of the year, one, I picked the Braves to be in the World Series. I said, I think they can be better than they were last year. But Ronald Acuna Jr. didn't start the year on the team. He was hurt. They were 8-11 and 11 before Acuna returned. Since his return, the Braves are 38-22. and 22. They are 30-15 and 15 in the 45 games that Ronald Acuna has played this year. That's pretty special. The Braves are rolling. They have caught the Mets, and they are two and a half games now behind them. Has there been anyone this season that's come back from injury that has been more impactful and more meaningful to a ball club than Ronald Acuna Jr.? It seems like he changed the whole trajectory of the season. Yeah, I would say not yet. Um, but you know who has a possibility to do that? The Mets. With Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer on the heels of a return. So here's here's where we have it. You're right. As as of this point, I don't I don't see how a guy can come back and be more in fact impactful. I mean, 8 and 11 before his return and 38 and 22 since his return. I mean, you can point to the date and say this is when they turned around. This is when Ronald Acuña came back. But the Braves have been doing it aside from just him. You know, there was a lot of drama regarding this team coming into the year. Freddie Freeman out the door. How can the Braves let Freddie Freeman go? Well, that's just amplified. There's a lot more drama to it than we all thought. But what they did in return was bring in Matt Olson. Now, Matt Olson hasn't been Freddie Freeman this year, but he's been good. Matt Olson, 248, 12 homers, 43 RBIs, leads all of baseball in doubles. Matt Olson becomes the first Braves player to ever hit 30-plus doubles before the All-Star break. We're still a couple of weeks away from the All-Star break. A week and a half? That's pretty special. Matt Olson has been good for the Braves. Austin Riley, 20 homers so far this year. 263 average, tied for ninth in all of baseball in homers. One of just a few players in all of baseball that has 20 home runs. Dansby Swanson. Let's talk about Dansby. Dansby the Mansby. I just made that up. I kind of like it. Dansby the Mansby. Batting 305, 14 homers, 46 RBIs. Leads all shortstops in OPS at 871. And runs scored. He scored 50 runs this year. Fifth in all of Major League Baseball in hits. Dansby started off the year struggling. Since then, these numbers are because what he did in the month of June and a lot of May is he has just been one of the best players in all of baseball for a while now. Dansby is incredible and should be Dansby should be the starting shortstop in the in the All-Star game, that's for sure. Now, before I move on and stop talking about the Braves, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Michael Harris II. Michael Harris II comes up as a rookie and what he has done since, not only just played a gold glove caliber outfield, by the way, he's been incredible in center field. He's hit 347 with four homers and a 945 OPS in June. And he's hitting at the back end of that lineup. He adds a whole nother dimension, a whole nother layer to a lineup that is already really good. The Atlanta Braves have gotten back in the NL East race, not because the Mets have metted, it's because they've just been the best team in baseball for a while now. In the month of June, there was nobody better. But that's pretty, that's pretty special to cut a division lead by, 
it was 10 and a half down to two and a half. Now I do want to, bef- before I move on and talk about something else, I, we need to talk about the Mets real quick because I've been a proponent of saying the Mets aren't going to met. So how are we here? How do they cut a division lead from, they had it at 10 and a half. It's now two and a half. Well, they don't have the two best pitchers, arguably two of the best pitchers in the game of baseball. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. Max Scherzer is certainly one of them. They've been staying afloat without them. Now they're barely hanging on by a thread, but they're still in first place. Max Scherzer will be coming off the IL to start on Tuesday in Cincinnati. And Jacob DeGrom is set out to be on a rehab assignment, which is great news. Jacob DeGrom will start a rehab assignment tomorrow with low A St. Lucie. Buck Showalter said as much. That's really cool for fans of the game of baseball. Jacob DeGrom being back out on the field is massive. He's the best pitcher in the game of baseball. He throws 102 miles an hour and he paints it on the corner. It's like he's throwing darts. That's what Jacob DeGrom is. So to get him back, look, you know every fifth day you're going to be in the game. You know every fifth day you're going to be in the game when Max Scherzer is there. That's a totally new dynamic. And now here we are. It's almost the all-star break. The Mets are going to get back to, to full health here soon. The Braves are on a roll. We are in for a treat in the NL East. The Mets, they're not going to met. They are fantastic. The Braves have been the best team in baseball. Now they're both going to be at full strength relatively here soon, and we are going to have an absolute dogfight in the second half of the year in the NL East. Does anything worry you about the Mets, though, about having to rely so heavily on the return of Scherzer and DeGrom and hoping that they can stay healthy through the second half of the year? I would say they don't. I would say... They don't have to rely that heavily. Yeah, the Braves have cut the lead down from eight games just a month ago, but it's because they put together arguably the best month in their franchise history. So, yeah, the Mets haven't tanked. They've been playing fine. You know, they run into the Houston Astros and did not look good there. You know, that was a good test for them. They looked to be, they were the best team in the National League for a while. Then they run into the Houston Astros and just show, okay, maybe they're not on that elite, elite scale just yet. But they were still playing good baseball even throughout the stretch that the Braves went on. So they're still in the division lead. I don't think they needed to rely on those guys coming back. They did just fine. But now they're going to be back and they're going to be even better. This tweet, I love you guys, but you've got to chill. The Mets just lost to an excellent Astros team. It's June 29th and they have the best record in the National League. They've done it without two of this generation's best pitchers, both of whom are on the verge of returning. This isn't last year. Yes, and that has been my point this entire time with the Mets, is this isn't last year. The Mets will be fine. Will they win the division? I don't know. But they will be in the playoffs. They will be in a dogfight with the Atlanta Braves. And it's because this team is built different. Steve Cohen did a fantastic job building this team. They don't have to rely on Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer to return. They are just that much better when they do and can compete with anybody in the world when both of those guys are on the mound. If Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer are healthy when the Mets do and will get into the playoffs, nobody wants to face them. I don't care if it's as a wildcard team or a division-winning team. Nobody wants to face those guys when the top two guys in the rotation are pitching and they're healthy. They just don't want to do it. Whew. You good? Yeah, I went on a little, I got <laughs> heated there. Because, but I, I, I'm serious. I get frustrated when people just say, uh, here they go, the Mets are going to met. That's not the case. Look, I have the Braves in the World Series and I have them there for a reason and they are showing that right now. I also believe in the Mets. Both can be true and both are true. The Mets aren't tanking. They just run into a division and into a, division rival where the Braves are just playing like the best team in baseball right now. That's not their fault. They're going to be just fine. I get heated when people say the Mets are going to met. I mean, I don't think the Mets are going to met. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the Mets do like anything that's like hurting themselves. I think it's just what the Braves are doing is what's going to overtake them in the NL East. I think before the season, you said you thought the Braves were going to end up in the world series. I walked in this morning and told you, I think that is surely going to happen. And that's where I'd put my money at right now. These, this Braves team is, they have a bunch of guys. Uh, They have a bunch of guys that are just playing unbelievable. They, They really do. And the Mets, I feel like they just, they're not getting the same level of production that the Braves are out of these, especially the young guys. 
Yeah. I mean, you have the Michael Harris's of the world that are like ascending. They don't have Ozzy Albee. Strider stepped up. They, they, they're just the, the Braves seem to be on a path where they can they can run away with this. Speaking of putting money on a team to get to the World Series, how willing are you right now to put money on the Seattle Mariners to make the playoffs? I'm very unwilling to do that. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, so this leads us into, and no spoilers here. Well, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but both of these teams are going to be in my power rankings. Where are they going to be? Well, let's find out now. It is time for my updated Major League Baseball top 10 power rankings. All right, and starting at number 10, I have the Minnesota Twins. Twins have a three-game lead in the AL Central. Who would have seen that coming? I don't know. I don't know. At number nine, I have the St. Louis Cardinals, 44 and 36, entering Sunday. Cardinals, I love what the Cardinals, the Cardinals the other day became only the 11th team in history to hit back to back to back to back home runs. I don't know if you're counting along with me. That was four, four in a row, 11th team in history. Moving on to number eight, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays lead all of Major League Baseball in OPS. We know they rake. Can they pitch? Jose Barrios needs to step up and be Jose Barrios. Kevin Galsman has been great, but they, they need an arm. They need an arm. I'm interested to see if they get one at the trade deadline. Moving on to number seven, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. Starting to get a little bit back to more health. Brandon Woodruff, who was out for a little while, uh, is back. So now two of their big three are back. Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, not back yet. That's going to be a little while, but they're starting to play uh, better now that they have him. Moving on to number six, San Diego Padres. Had to bump them down a little bit. I still believe they're very good, but they did not have a good showing in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. I have them here at number six. Number five, the New York Mets. That's right. I have the Mets at number five. They're holding on by a thread in that NL East. Have a two and a half game lead entering Sunday. Now, this is cut down from a 10 and a half game lead they had just a month ago. So I have the Mets here at number five. And at number four, the Atlanta Braves. I have officially moved the Braves ahead of the Mets in my power rankings. Now, why? Yes, I know they're still in second place in the division. I don't care. Power rankings aren't about division standings. There's a lot that go into it. And right now, the Atlanta Braves are the better team, and they have been for a while. So they are breathing down the necks of the New York Mets, and it's close. They could pass them here any day. Now, they both have an easy schedule over the next week or so, leading into a big clash against each other, but I have moved the Braves over the Mets for the first time in a long time. Moving on to number three, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've now opened up a four-and-a-half game lead over the Padres, courtesy of the first three wins in that series. They have beat the Padres in the series. They have proven that they are the best team in the NL West. We all knew that, but it was close in the standings, and they've done this with a lot of injuries. The, the Dodgers have been impressive. Shout out Tony Gonsolin. Coming on the show on Wednesday, he has been the best pitcher in baseball. Who in April would have thought Tony Gonsolin? Yeah, at the end of June, best pitcher in baseball. Nobody, but he has been. Remarkable. Talk to him on Wednesday about that, about how he's doing it, all of that good stuff. So be on the lookout for that episode. Moving on to number two, I have the Houston Astros. The Astros are one of only two teams entering Sunday to be at 50 wins. They have beaten the Yankees. The stretch they just went on, by the way, they went on a nine-game stretch. This was almost unprecedented. I haven't seen this, and it's because of how the schedule shaped out because of the, um, the lockout for a while. But they had to play two against the Mets at home, four against the Yankees, on the road, two against the Mets on the road, one against the Yankees back at home. They went Mets, Yankees, Mets, Yankees. The best team at the time in each league, the Yankees and the Mets. And they went seven and two in that span and actually dominated. The Astros are proving that they are perhaps the best team in baseball and they are, in my opinion, still the team to beat in the American League over what they have done the last half a decade they're the team to beat but the team that could potentially be 
the team to knock them off is the team I have at number one in the power rankings. Still, it's been a while now. The New York Yankees entering Sunday 58-21. and 21. The Yankees are on pace to break the all-time Major League Baseball record at 118 wins. That's how many they are on pace to win. So how can I say the Astros are still the team to beat in the American League but have the Yankees over top of them? Well, it's because the Yankees are on pace to win more games than that have ever been won in the history of baseball. I still believe... The Astros are the team to beat because they've been doing it for years. They've been doing it in the playoffs. Could the Yankees knock them off this year? Yes, but I'm going to need to see it in October. But as of right now, the 4th of July, the Yankees are the best team in baseball, and there's really no debating that. It is remarkable how good the Yankees are, and I have them as the number one team again in my Major League Baseball power rankings. It is the first Monday of the month, which means it is team of the month time. Every week we've been doing team of the week, but now it is the beginning of the month, which means we get to do team of the month. So I'm going to head on over here behind me, and we are going to put together just the perfect team from the month. So position by position, who I think has been the best player in the month of June at each spot. Now let's start at the catcher position for my catcher on team of the month, Alejandro Kirk. Kirk should start the All-Star game. Plain and simple, 341, seven homers, 18 RBIs on the month of June. 341, the month of June. What Alejandro Kirk has done and meant to the Toronto Blue Jays can't be understated. He has been really good. Let's move on over to first base. My first baseman on team of the month, Josh Bell. Now, this could have gone either way. Paul Goldschmidt, a really good month, but Josh Bell, I think, was just a little bit better. 358, seven homers, 18 RBIs on the month of June. Josh Bell for the Nationals is kind of not being talked about just because he's not on a very good team, but is he a guy that could potentially be on the move come the trade deadline? I think so, but we'll see. Moving on over, second base on team of the month, Jake Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth drove in 20 four runs in June. He was massive to the Padres' success while Tatis has been out. He's been really good. 315, four homers, 24 RBIs. Now let's move on over to third base, my third baseman on team of the month, Brandon Drury. 333, eight home runs, 14 RBIs. He's been really good for the Reds. Moving on over to shortstop, my shortstop team of the month, Dansby Swanson, another guy. Put him in the All-Star game. Make him the starter for the National League. He deserves it. 337 home runs, 19 RBIs on the month of June. Nobody's playing better. I mean, shortstop-wise, you're not going to find one playing better than Dansby Swanson right now. Starting off the year, not great, but ever since that sluggish start, he has been the best shortstop in baseball, truly. Moving on to the outfield. Three outfielders, regardless of position, just three outfielders. First up, Jordan Alvarez, 418 on the month, nine home runs, 28 RBIs. He was awarded the player of the month by Major League Baseball. What a month of June he had. Jordan is a beast. 418 for the month. Unbelievable. Next up in the outfield, my next outfielder, I have Michael Harris II. Comes up as a rookie, hits 347 in the first month. Four homers, 16 RBIs, wins Rookie of the Month for the National League. Michael Harris II has been incredible. He plays a gold glove caliber outfield, but with the bat, he has just been another dimension, another guy for that Braves lineup that is already really good. My last outfielder for June, Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, 272, 12 home runs, 27 RBIs. Just, I feel like in June... Kyle Schwarber just flips the switch and becomes like Babe Ruth. It's unbelievable. 12 homers in June led all of Major League Baseball. Moving on to my DH for June team of the month. My designated hitter is Shohei Otani. Shohei, 298, six homers, 17 RBI. Shohei was great because, of course, he was great. He looked really good this month. He really started to turn it on. He became, look, after a slow start to the year in terms of home run and power, 
We've, we're, we've seen Shohei turn it on now. He's been great. Almost 300 on the month with six homers. Shohei is my DH. On the mound, my starting pitcher. The best mustache in the league. Dylan Cease, 2-1 on the mound in June. 27 and a third innings pitched. 45 strikeouts in those 27 and a third innings. A 0.33 ERA for the month of June. Truly remarkable. What an incredible month Dylan Cease had. And to round out my June team of the month, Emmanuel Classe, my closer. 11 saves on the month, 16 strikeouts in 15 innings, and a perfect ERA of 0.00. So he rounds out my closer and my team of the month for June. Now let's get to my player of the month, okay? For Major League Baseball, players of the month were Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Schwarber, but the flipping bats, June player of the month is Shohei Otani. How do you not go with Shohei Otani? Six homers on the offensive side, 298, 38 strikeouts on the mound, a 1.52 ERA, unbelievable. Was there a better month offensively? Yes, slightly. Was there a better month pitching? Yes, slightly. You put it both together, and he's the team of the month, the player of the month. Don't overthink this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Shohei Otani just put together one of the best months we've ever seen. How does he not player of the month? I understand what Jordan did, and I'm not discrediting that. He hit 418 on the month. Shohei certainly didn't do that, but he pitched almost better than anybody. He was a top five pitcher in the month of June, and he was one of the better hitters in the month of June. Shohei Otani should be and is the Flippin' Bats Player of the Month for June. So congratulations to Shohei, his first monthly award here on Flippin' Bats. All right, it is time now to update my yearly awards. We are right at the halfway point in the Major League Baseball season, almost exactly. So now seems like as good a time as any. We're going to do Rookie of the Year, we're going to do Cy Young, and we're going to do MVP. If the, season wins, if the season ended today, who would win these awards? Let's start in the American League. My American League Rookie of the Year is Julio Rodriguez. What Julio has been doing, 273 average on the year, 13 homers, 39 RBIs, 20 stolen bases. The first rookie with 10-plus homers and 20-plus stolen bases before the All-Star game since Mike Trout, 2012. Pretty cool. He is also, he has 13 home runs, 15 doubles, 20 stolen bases, the only player in history to do that in his first 79 career games other than Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the only other person to ever do what Julio Rodriguez has done in his first 79 career games. That is pretty good territory. Mike Trout on one hand and Barry Bonds on the other. Let's move on to my Cy Young, my AL Cy Young award winner is Justin Verlander. 10-3 and three on the year, first pitcher in baseball to 10 wins, a 2.03 ERA, 90 strikeouts, and a 0.83 whip. Now, let me tell you why I picked him, okay? And it's not the obvious answer of, well, he's your brother. One, sure, yes, and I do want to see him win this award. But what he has done and come back to be able to do for this Houston Astros team after two years of not pitching, what he has done since then, after Tommy John, at 39 years old, has never been done before. Ever. This is unprecedented, what we are seeing. 
So now we're seeing a Houston Astros team that is really good and has been led by him, a rotation that leads all of Major League Baseball in ERA, led by Justin at 39 years old after not pitching for two years. It is incredible what he has been doing. This Houston Astros team is going to make a deep run this year. They will get into the playoffs and probably make a deep run into the playoffs. Justin will be a big part of that. At 39 years old, to have a 2.03 ERA, he is having a career year to this point after not pitching for two years. It has been unbelievable. It seems like every start he is going out and flirting with a no-hitter, at least until the fifth or sixth inning. I could not be more proud of him, and I am so pumped up to watch him every time he takes the mound. And at this point, I have Justin Verlander winning the AL Cy Young Award. Moving on to the MVP award, my MVP in the American League is Shohei Otani. Let's not overthink this, guys. Shohei Otani is the most valuable player in baseball. He is one of the best pitchers in the league. He is one of the best hitters in the league. And yes, I hear you. There are other players that have been better on each side of the ball, but he has been fantastic. And you combine it all together, and you have what should be the unanimous MVP every single year that he is doing what he is doing right now. 101 strikeouts on the mound. He has a 2.68 ERA. He has been a top 10 pitcher in the game of baseball. On the offensive side, he has 18 home runs. He has 50 RBIs. He's on pace to hit about 36 to 38 home runs and have 100 RBIs. What are we doing not picking him to win the MVP? He should be the MVP every single year that he does this. He is one of the best players in baseball on each side of the ball, and you put it together, and you have the most valuable player. Okay? That's what you have. Shohei is my choice for American League MVP. There's going to be a lot of people, Ben, that say Aaron Judge is playing on the base, a best baseball team currently, and he's probably has the best stats of anybody currently. So why not Aaron Judge for LMVP? Well, that is a good question. And first off, I think it's important to say that over the course of the years, the term MVP is used for this award. But that's not how we actually go about awarding somebody with this award. In my opinion, this award has turned more into the map, the most amazing player. Because we don't exactly give it to the most valuable because... That's, how, that's when you get into the discussion of how can you say so-and-so is more valuable when his team didn't make the playoffs? Well, no. This award is about the best player in the league. That's what the MVP award comes down to. Who is the best player in the league? And Shohei Otani is the best player. He's playing like it right now. And if the season ended right now, he should be the MVP. Yes, Aaron Judge has more home runs and a higher average. How many strikeouts does he have on the mound? He doesn't have 101. I'll tell you that much. He doesn't have a 2.68 ERA because his ERA is non-existent. He doesn't have an ERA because he doesn't pitch. Now, that's the obvious argument here, but that is the argument. I'm not arguing that Shohei as an offensive player is better than Aaron Judge, but I'm arguing that Shohei the offensive player and Shohei the pitcher is definitely better than Aaron Judge. That's the argument here, and that's why Shohei Otani is the MVP in the American League, plain and simple. Don't overthink it. Shohei Otani, MVP. Whew. I get all heated when I'm doing this. Let's move on to the National League side of things. We'll start with Rookie of the Year in the National League. I have Michael Harris II being Rookie of the Year right now. Who would have seen this coming at the beginning of the year? He came up and had an incredible month of June. One National League Rookie of the Month in June, hit 340 in June. He's on the year 308, four homers, 18 RBIs, and a 500 slugging percentage. Oh, he's also playing a gold glove caliber 
center field. He has been really good for the Atlanta Braves. I like him a lot to be rookie of the year. I do think he gets into a competition here with O'Neill Cruz. And against O'Neill Cruz, he will be running up against the, the publicity that he has. O'Neill Cruz seems to have a lot of public talk about him. And whenever you do that, whenever you have that, that sort of helps in terms of voting. So that'll be tough there, but I have Michael Harris, the second winning rookie of the year. Next up, my Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara, 8-3, a 1.95 ERA. A one, or 115 and a third innings pitched. He has 97 strikeouts. This guy has been unbelievable. I had Pablo Lopez on the podcast uh, on Friday, last Friday, and he talked a lot about him. And I asked, of that rotation, which is full of a bunch of studs, which guy has the best stuff? I know Sandy's pitching the best on the year. Pablo himself is pitching great as well. But who has the best stuff? And easily, he said, Sandy Alcantara. Let's look at that. He throws a 100-mile-an-hour sinker, which moves all over the place. His slider's disgusting. Sandy Alcantara is going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball for a long time to come now. And he is my NL Cy Young choice to this point. Last, but certainly... Not least, my National League MVP. He finally gets over that hump, Paul Goldschmidt, who has come in second before in the voting and third before in the voting. I believe this is the year he gets it done. And if the season ended right now, he would be my MVP. 346 batting average, 19 homers, 65 RBIs, and an OPS over one. He's at 1.061. 346 on the year. Paul Goldschmidt has been fantastic. I hope he gets it done. He's been so close. He's been on the doorstep. But as of right now, I think Paul Goldschmidt will win. And he is, at this point, my current NLMVP. But that does it for this Monday show, everybody. First Monday show of the month. We had a lot to talk about. Power Rankings Team of the Month, Player of the Month, and all of my new awards as well as the storylines. Happy July 4th, everyone. Thank you all for listening. This has been an absolute blast. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate five stars wherever you're listening to your podcast right now, wherever that is, Spotify, Apple, Google, all that good stuff. We're also on social media. We have a lot of fun, do a lot of cool things on social media, so check those out at Flippin' Bats Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and every episode you can watch on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod as well. Thank you all for listening. This has been an absolute blast, and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.